Good Wednesday, everyone. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. Lucas has the day off today. So, I was going to put out three podcasts this week, but we've kind of had a little bit of trouble getting some schedules lined up with guests. Things have happened, and that's why I am just now putting out the first podcast of the week on Wednesday. I apologize to all you award-winning listeners out there, and you know, I'm always trying to uh, trying to put out the most entertaining product, and so that's why I was really holding off trying to get these good interviews in, but it doesn't look like they're going to happen, at least for now. Hopefully, we're able to get some people lined up, uh, have a potential guest lined up for Friday that I think you guys will really enjoy. So, let's jump into the show today. So, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, and Bill Polian have taken your TVs hostage, which means the NFL draft is tomorrow. And I'm pretty pumped for that. I said I'm in full draft mode. I've really gone into full draft mode today. And our good friend and loyal listener, Richie, has sent me some mock drafts and picks that I'm going to share. Really look forward to doing that here a little bit later on in the show. But for right now, I'm going to start on some quick baseball notes. Uh, Our Colorado Rockies have the best record in the National League, and everyone in the baseball world is finally picking up on it. And I want the Rockies to know we started this whole Rockies bandwagon here uh, over a month ago now, before the season started. And so I think they should maybe reward us with some some press passes. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm still working on that. If you guys want to go tweet the Rockies, that will do nothing but help our cause, and we greatly appreciate it. So uh, Eric Thames keeps mashing baseballs. He hit his 10th home run earlier this week, and uh, I am beyond impressed as to what he's been able to do and the value he's given the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Pretty good story. He was uh, playing overseas the last couple of years, came back on a pretty cheap deal from the Brewers, and has just been mashing the baseball since he got back to the States. So good for him, good for the Brewers. And another, another note I want to get into while we're talking some baseball the Royals' struggles have been hit pretty hard right now. They, uh, they're six games under five they They're in last place in the AL Central. And we all know, I've talked on the show before, this is a big make-or-break year for the Royals. Well, earlier today, Lucas had tweeted me about Mike Moustakis and the Royals being a perfect trade partner for the Mets, who are having some offensive struggles at third base. And Lucas pointed out for Zach Wheeler, and I absolutely love that trade for the Royals. You get a good young arm, young controllable arm. Moustakis is gone. I mean, you're going to have to rely on Chesler Cutberth a lot more, one of the best names in baseball. But I think it's a really good, uh, I think it would be an ideal trade for the Royals, you know, if they could get Wheeler, who still has a lot of controllable time. He's a great young arm. And I think that does nothing but bolster the pitching staff. You 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 look for trades like these in these years where you're going to have to sell. I mean, it's just it's the sad facts of small market baseball. Uh, you know, if everyone's contracts come up at the same time, you haven't been able to extend anybody. Like they haven't been able to extend Hosmer, Mustakas, Kane, uh, Alcides Escobar then you're going to have to make trades. And you hope that good trade partners that have good young pieces are able to do 
uh, are able to trade with you. And so I think that uh, if the Royals are able to get Zach Wheeler for Mike Moustakis, they should, and they should be beyond excited about that deal. That is assuming that Zach Wheeler stays healthy, which we had talked about earlier in our baseball preview podcast with Lucas Jones. So that's all I have for baseball today. Today's kind of really a big uh, NFL day for us here, uh, getting ready for the big mock draft. So the big question is, are the Browns going to get it right? Uh, Miles Garrett is the best player in this draft. I think that the Browns would be crazy not to pick him, and there are some whispers that they could still be considering Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell, don't call me Mitch Trubisky with the number one pick. I... I don't think that that's a smart move. I think, of course, if the Browns listen to the podcast, they would draft all offensive linemen, defensive linemen, uh, skill players, guys in the secondary, bolster up their whole team, and then go all in to go 1-15 this year to get Sam Darno next year. I am a big, big Sam Darno guy. I think he's head and shoulders above every quarterback in this class and of the last couple classes. But, unfortunately... They don't trust me to run the Browns or any other NFL team. But I do have some optimal spots for quarter quarterbacks in this year's draft. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I said nowhere. He's going to end up with the Jets or the Browns, and I think that those are two situations where they're going to ask him to play day one and n- not a lot of talent around, and that's uh, that kind of spells disaster. You see a lot of quarterbacks that – get taken without great lines, without a lot of good skill players around them, and they're just basically thrown to the wolves. I'm, I'm worried this is going to happen to Trubisky with either landing spot for him. So, unfortunately, I think that Mitch ends up with the Jets or the Browns. Uh, Mahomes, I, uh, I think that the Cardinals would make a lot of sense for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he has a lot of arm talent, but he did play in uh, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. He probably needs a year or two to develop and there's a lot of talent around him in Arizona. He's able to sit behind Carson Palmer for at least one, maybe two years, kind of uh, work on adapting to NFL offense, uh, the system that is ran out there in Arizona. I think that Arizona would be a great, great landing spot for Mahomes. Then Deshaun Watson, I think the Texans would be a very nice fit for Watson. Uh, lots of talent, uh, has... Uh, Watson and the Texans, excuse me. Uh, But I think that these guys can play like Watson could play in somewhere that's the right situation. I think Houston's the right situation. They have talent around him, uh, good defense. He's not going to be asked to, you know, be Andrew Luck year one, you know, go throw for 5,000 yards and please take us to the playoffs. They just need a good manageable quarterback, and I think that Watson can be that guy. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, I put the bills. Uh, I'm not a huge Kaiser guy. Uh, I hope he's off the board before the chiefs pick at number 27, but I think the bills are a good fit for him or as good a fit as you're going to find. And probably in the second round there, then, uh, Davis Webb, I have Niners in the third round, a uh, big guy could do well with lowered third round expectations and Kyle Shanahan. And that's also one of those picks that Richie has sent me. So I think that the Niner fan base would also like that as well. Josh Dobbs, I just put a question mark. I watched a pretty good amount of Josh Dobbs at Tennessee, and I never saw him as a longtime NFL starter. He's a smart guy. I just didn't see it. 
you know, he had a good team in Tennessee, and they were expected to do a lot of things the last two or three years, and Dobbs did nothing. I mean, he basically could give away the game in the fourth quarter. I don't see him as an NFL quarterback. I don't think he has the tools. I think I think he's an incre- like I said incredibly incredibly smart guy. I just don't think that he's an NFL starter, especially on day 1. So, I don't have a good fit for Josh Dobbs because I'm not a Josh Dobbs believer. Then uh Chad Shotgun Kelly so I I say the Chiefs in the sixth or seventh round is a perfect spot for him. The guy has a lot of talent. He needs some maturity, you know, because of all this shit that he's been doing. But I think Kansas City seems to be a good fit for him with Andy Reid. Uh, he'll get to sit behind Alex Smith for a couple of years, and then you know Eric Berry is a great team leader. We'll get him in line. Uh, once again, lots of talent, but he's a great A knucklehead. Uh, he needs low expectations and strong leadership, and I think that Kansas City would be a good spot for him. And if you look what he did against Alabama the last two years, that's why I'm so, so high on Chad Kelly, despite all of his knuckleheadness. I think that, uh, you know, he he has the pedigree. His uncle was the Bills great, Jim Kelly. So I think that uh, I think that he could be good in the right situation, and I think Kansas City could be that right situation. I think that solves both his and the Chiefs' problems. Now I'm going to get into Richie's uh, seven-round 49ers mock draft. He has them taking uh, safety Malik Hooker in the first, uh, wide receiver Zay Jones in the second, uh, in the third, quarterback Davis Webb, as I mentioned, in the fourth, Dante Freeman. Uh, running back, uh, also in the fourth, tight end Jordan Liggett. In the fifth, inside linebacker Jalen Reeves-Maben from Tennessee, a guy that I really like, and uh, he may be a little bit undersized to be a long-term inside linebacker in the NFL, but the guy has a lot of talent. And then uh, also in the fifth round, he's got him taking Jordan, Jordan Morgan, offensive guard, In the sixth, Channing Stribling, cornerback. Uh, Also in the sixth, wide receiver Noah Brown. And in the seventh, linebacker Ben Bulware from Clemson. That would be good entertainment for San Francisco 49ers fans because, as we all know, Ben Bulware is quite the character. Never know when he's going to do a little oil check on someone. So uh, I looked at a Walter football mock draft, and uh, they had – the 49ers taking Solomon Thomas at two. Uh, Mizzou product, defensive end Charles Harris going 17th to the Washington R-Words. And then at 30, they had Deshaun Kaiser going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, maybe Pittsburgh's really, with Ben threatening to retire, they're really looking forward to, uh, or looking, not fo- not looking forward, they're really looking to the future to find a replacement for him. And I don't think that anyone thinks that Landry Jones is going to be that guy. So I did a little bit of a Chiefs mock draft, uh, seven round for all my Chiefs fans out there. And this is what I came up with. Uh, 127, I had them taking wide receiver John Ross from Washington. He is fast, uh, huge speed, uh, get him opposite of Tyreek Hill. And they're going to clear up the field because this guy is bonkers fast uh second round 59th overall pick uh cornerback Sidney Jones from Washington uh to go opposite of Marcus Peters you can never have too many good corners in the NFL uh third round 91st pick I had them taking defensive end outside linebacker Carl Lawson from Auburn 
and I kind of feel like those last two picks are just repeats of what the Chiefs already have. <laughs> and uh, Marcus Peters, a cornerback, also from Washington, and then D. Ford, also an outside linebacker from Auburn. So maybe I just uh, did the old, that's what it feels like. You know, they've been there before, they've done that before, so I could see those picks. Then at 3-104, I have them taking inside linebacker Anthony Walker from Northwestern. I also put Kendall Bickworth from LSU, but uh, Derek Johnson's not getting any younger. They're going need to need to find an heir apparent to him in the middle of that defense. Fourth round, 132nd pick, I had them taking offensive guard Jocelyn Dunker from Tennessee State. Andy Reid loves offensive linemen, so I just I looked at what what they expect to be available around there, and that one made the most sense. Uh, fifth round, 170th pick, or I'm sorry, yes, 170th pick, defensive tackle Vincent Taylor from Oklahoma State. They need to bolster that D-line. Uh, Ten picks later at 180, and this is what Walter Football had, so this wasn't just a me thing. Uh, nose tackle Josh Augusta from Mizzou, Big Bear. Uh, I love Big Bear's athleticism. He uh, he has scored some touchdowns in college out of the old fullback position, so he may be the next Dontari Poe there in Kansas City because we know how Andy likes to get the big boys some uh, touchdowns, likes to get them some stats. Then at a uh, sixth round, 216th pick, uh, I like them to take Chad Kelly, quarterback Ole Miss there. Uh, two picks later, they have another pick in the sixth round. I have them taking running back Corey Clement from Wisconsin just because strength and numbers at running back. And then seventh round, 245th pick, the Chiefs' last pick, uh, wide receiver Jerome Lane. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that I, As I was doing that, I started asking myself, who the hell is going to play running back? So look at uh, running back Alvin Kramara from Tennessee, Joe Mixon from Oklahoma, which I am not a fan of. You can only fix so many people. You can only have so many projects, Andy. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon was uh, had that tape of him hitting that woman in college, and there's a rumor that there may be some more from when he was in high school. I just, I don't know. They, uh, I, I want them to use Chad Kelly as their project piece for this year, so... Maybe they'll stay away from Joe Mixon. Uh, Dalvin Cook from Florida State. Dalvin Cook had some pretty awful, awful combine numbers. But if you watch the guy play at Florida State, and I know some of you did, he looked incredible on the field. So I don't know. Maybe they'll get a good value pick on a guy like Dalvin Cook. And if not, they could always look at re-signing Jamal Charles on the cheap. He is still out there, and I'm sure he's going to stay there until after the NFL draft. But I don't know. when you When you watch them – all season in that offense, I think one thing that was missing was an explosive running game. Uh, I think Ware was more of a downfield back, and maybe they just need to utilize West more if that's going to be their plan going forward. But I think that when the Chiefs' offense was their best was when they had Jamal Charles back there catching balls out of the backfield, you know, sideline to sideline. And I Ware's not that guy. West maybe can be, but can he run – between the tackles, uh, it's rare that you get a guy that can do both, and I think the Chiefs need that for Andy Reid's offense. And so don't be surprised if anywhere, if there's a running back that they really like, that they take him, that they snatch him up right there. So that is all I have for the NFL draft. Now I'm going to get into a little uh, Stanley Cup playoff predictions. 
the conference quarterfinal games start tonight. Uh, the Blues play at home tonight at Scott Trade against the Nashville Predators, and I'm taking the Blues over the Predators in six. Uh, don't feel overly confident about that because uh, how, what the Predators did to the Chicago Blackhawks, just blanking them in the first round. So the Predators are hot. The Blues feel hot. Uh, that should be a very fun series. Uh, then I have the Anaheim Ducks over the Edmonton Oilers in six. Uh, Connor McDavid, who I've talked about on here before, who I really like, I think that uh, he – He's getting all of the uh, storylines, all the headlines, all the t- all the press time, and all the Ducks did was just go out and sweep Calgary, who was a good team this year. So I I think the Ducks are scary, and it's always scary when you have a team playing really well that nobody's talking about. So I like the Ducks to move on to the Western Conference Finals. Now over to the East, I like the Pittsburgh Penguins over the Caps in five. Yeah. I'm probably going to be one of the few people talking about or saying, giving you that prediction. But a lot of people had the uh, had the pins on upset alert against the Blue Jackets in the first round, and I stayed true. I just think that there's too much talent there with uh, Sidney Crosby, Malkin, uh, Mark Andre Fleury played well in the first round, uh, and the Caps look kind of shaky against the Maple Leafs in the first round. So I don't know. I just feel better about the Penguins today than I do the Washington Capitals. However, if the Caps do advance, then the Blues get their second round pick. So not like I'm going to be rooting for the Penguins because I'd love to see the Blues get that free second round pick. And then lastly, I have the New York Rangers over the Senators in seven. I think that, you know, as I told you guys earlier, I predicted both of these series correctly. So hooray for me. Uh, The Rangers are going to go as far as Henrik Lundqvist will take them. And uh, he looked a little reju- uh, revitalized in that first round. Senators are a good team. They're, as everybody calls them, the most boring team in hockey. But all they do is go out there and play good hockey and win. So don't – I mean, if the Senators win, I won't be surprised at all. But I just feel better about the New York Rangers right now. Lastly, some NBA playoff notes. The Celtics look to take the series lead on the Bulls tonight. Uh, Utah, the Spurs, and the Toronto Raptors look to close out series in the next few days. And then, like I said, uh, going forward, some interviews didn't work out. Hopefully I'm able to uh, hook up with some of our staff again, do some stuff, and uh, get get another voice on there. I think that's important. Uh, I'm trying to, to just kind of throw it all out there for my award-winning listeners, my dedicated, loyal listeners. Uh, I, I like, you know, I've liked having Lucas on. I like having Anthony on. I like having JK on. I think that people like to hear multiple voices. I think we, we have a better much better back and forths. I think to be able to talk into the microphone by yourself is a special, special skill and to be really good at it. And so I like to have a second person. Uh, it takes a bit of the load off me. I think it makes for a much better listen for you all. And that's why I've kind of delayed and drug my feet, hoping to get uh, interviews, you know, because these good interviews really do nothing but get the word spread about the Fumbling Punter and podcasts and everything we're doing here and all the hard work that everybody's put into this. So uh, I'm not forgetting, I'm not, or forgetting to do podcasts. I'm not dragging my feet on doing podcasts. I'm just wait and see you know I waited as long as I could yesterday before uh, I realized that we weren't going to be able to do our interview yesterday and you know nothing hurt by that but 
if I can do an interview, I want to. If I can get, you know, Lucas, JK, Anthony, one of those guys on here, then I want to. So that's what we have to look forward to. I am uh, trying to get other people in, uh, get another voice, and get an entertaining of a product out there as I can. So thank you guys for listening. This has been the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I will see you all on Friday.